Welcome to Worldwide Wonderful Women, a podcast for your living in divine power when yours is diminished. A podcast where encouragers receive encouragement. We understand these are hard times. You may find that it is becoming more of a challenge for you to remain strong as you give of yourself continuously. That's why this is the place to join other women globally who face the same challenges as you. So join us regularly to receive biblical insight not to faint, but to stand strong. This is the podcast to be rejuvenated and revitalized. Now, let's join our host, Paula Harris. Thank you for being with us for episode number 219 of Worldwide Wonderful Women. And the title of this episode is Depression and the Church, Part 4. I'm going to be sharing with you a previously recorded telephone conversation that I had with Cindy Speaker on this topic. Please understand that we did not exhaust this topic. There's a whole lot more that we could have shared as far as spiritual warfare in regards to depression and all. But uh, we hope that you have enjoyed so far what we have covered. I have here with me today our last podcast this month on depression with Cindy Speaker as our guest. Cindy is the president of Speaker Media and Marketing a company that provides marketing and media services to lawyers throughout the United States. She is also an independent film producer, author, speaker, and an aunt to 11 wonderful nieces and nephews. I've asked Cindy to be our guest for a four-part series on depression that came about when I learned about her Facebook group called Depression and the Church. I am so glad that Cindy is with us here for our last podcast on this topic. Welcome, Cindy. Thank you again for being here. Oh, thank you so much, Paula. Well, what is the role of faith in mental illness? Well, you know, a few years back, Pastor Rick Warren, you may know Pastor Rick Warren from The Purpose Driven Life. Um, Mm -hmm. his, His son tragically committed suicide. And I remember hearing it on the news and watching his interview in the coming weeks And Pastor Warren said that his son, who was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, had threatened suicide for years. And at age 27, he shot himself with a gun he bought illegally online. And Pastor Warren said, it's so tragic. It really is. Yeah, yeah. Pastor Warren said this. He said, I never question my faith in God. I question God's plan. There's a big difference. I know God is a good God. But not everything that happens in the world is God's will. Everything that happens in the world, God allows. He permits because it couldn't happen without his permission. But we live in a world where there are free choices. So if I choose to do wrong, I can't blame God for that. So God isn't to blame for my son's death. My son took his own life. It was his choice. A very short time before that interview aired on CNN, LifeWay Research reported that nearly half, 48% of evangelical, fundamentalist, or born-again Christians believe that people with serious mental illness can overcome their condition through prayer and Bible study alone. So mental illness continues to be seen 
as a spiritual deficiency or a character flaw by some Christians. I think that's tragic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Following his son's death, Pastor Warren launched a sermon series to help churches address mental illness, and he said, there's no shame when any other organ in your body fails. So why do we feel shame if our if our brain is broken? Yes. Oh, and I trust that God is going to use these four podcasts to be able to help people to break out of the wrong way of thinking and to have a better understanding and wisdom and how to deal with those that are experiencing depression. Yes. Yes. Now let's talk a little bit, Cindy, about the issue of suicide. It seems that we are seeing more and more suicides today than even before. Can you comment on that? Well, Paula, when I hear that word, I feel great pain. And I I think that most of us have known people that have taken their own lives. And it's devastating. It's traumatizing. And it's scarring for those that love the person. Um, along with that, there are also issues of shame and trauma that surface. I think that for those left behind, it's important for them to get help, to join a support group, to find a safe place to talk about your grief, your shame, your guilt. You don't need to suffer alone. I mentioned Rick Warren. Well, uh, his wife, Kay Warren, uh, she did an interview with Christianity Today in 2014 And in that interview, she talked about a Facebook post that she had written. And she said that in that post, she spoke out against those that suggested that perhaps she should be moving on following her son's suicide a year earlier. And she said that she was so angry. And her response was, and I quote, I have to tell you, the old Rick and Kay are gone. They're never coming back. We will never be the same. End of quote. And she said that within days her, that Facebook post went viral. There were 3.75 million readers and 10,000 comments, and those people were identifying with what Kay said, that uh, you know they talked about the insensitivity of family and friends. They talked about their own shame and guilt, about their overwhelming grief. And I think this is also an important issue for we in the church, that when someone is dealing with a family member that's committed suicide, or these mentally ill issues, we've got to be more sensitive and understand that these are these are traumatic issues and people don't just yeah. bounce back and snap out of it. Yes, yes. Oh, how true, Cindy. It's so true. And, and I can imagine getting that many comments or yeah. having that many people post on, on with her comment yeah. because uh, we can at times think that we're comforting comforting or saying the right thing when all along we're bringing more devastation. And, and I pray that God will, through the podcast that we've had, the three previous to this and this podcast, will help us to gain a better understanding on, on how to relate to and how to help those that are going through this illness. Yeah, yeah. So now, what about the person who suspects or knows a loved one that is suicidal? What can they do, Cindy? We've probably all known people who have voiced suicidal thoughts. And here's what I always say, for lack of a better phrase, I'll say, okay, all bets are off. And I know that when someone is very depressed or is expressing suicidal ideation, they will often say, now don't tell anybody, and I don't want you to tell anybody, and this is confidential. And 
for me, my rule is when someone expresses suicidal thoughts, I am not going to maintain any confidentiality. It is no longer a secret. This is serious stuff. And I believe at that point that my responsibility is to reach out to professionals to try to get this person help. And I'll give you an example. Not too long ago, I had occasion to be involved in trying to get help, professional help, for a young person who was suicidal and living in another state. And I thought, Mm -hmm. what do I do here? How can I get them help? I'm thousands of miles away. And what I did is I called the Suicide Prevention Lifeline. And that is, I've called them before to help counsel just how to get help for somebody that is suicidal. Mm -hmm. That is a wonderful lifeline, and that is available to anyone. The number is actually 1-800-273-8255. But what they did when I called them is they kind of counseled me through how to get that person help in the other state. So not only is that organization there, that that hotline, that lifeline, is not only there for the person that's suicidal, but it's a great resource for somebody that is dealing with a suicidal person and is not really sure what to do. Cindy, can you give us that number again? Sure. It's 1-800-273-8255, and it's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. That's an important number, everyone. I hope you write that down because I hate to say it. We're living in times when we may need that number. Yeah. Uh, I remember um, of a young guy who was in our church, and he had committed suicide and how the whole church was devastated by it. Yeah. And we need to be able to maybe even call that phone number to try to find out how to help yeah. You know, those that are uh, involved in the family with a situation like that, or if we have a teen ourselves or someone in our family that has heard someone say different things about committing suicide, and like you said, all bets need to be off at that point. We need to get help for them. Right. Now, Cindy, you've given us so much information, and I really do thank you for being with us. But can you give us a few takeaways from the entire series now for this month on depression? Um, yes, well, I'll do my best to, to do that. First, The first thing I would say is that some forms of serious depression, anxiety, those types of things are evidence of a mental disorder and an illness. They are not sin-related. I think that's very important for us to understand as believers, as Christians, that this is not a sin issue. This is an illness. Uh, secondly, if someone has a debilitating depression, They need to seek professional help. They cannot. There's so much good help out there, Paula. And we need, Mm -hmm. like we said, the the statistics are not enough people are seeking help. And part of that is the shame. It's the stigma. Um, But we need to encourage those that we see suffering to get professional help. I think Mm -hmm. the, the third thing I would say is that education is really key in managing depression and mental illness. And I think that, again, NAMI.org is a great place to be educated. I think that a therapist will help educate you. But understanding your illness is going to help you to manage it better because, Mm -hmm. you know, these things are very treatable and very manageable. We don't want people to be living in the shadows and, and bearing all of this burden alone. I think that that our faith also, it's important to say that our faith can play 
a key role in mitigating the pain of depression. God is the God of all comfort, and he understands mm-hmm. what we're going through. But I really believe that what God would want for someone with serious depression is get professional help, take the medication as recommended. I, and I know that there are Christians, there are some Christians that feel that that is wrong. I, I disagree mm-hmm. with that. I think that there is a role for our faith, but we've got to separate out that depression is not a sin issue. It's an illness. Mm-hmm. And, and let me just make a statement on that, Cindy, just in case, because you may have some Bible scholars or some different ones that are saying it is a sin issue in that we, when we were created by the Lord, there was no illness. And after Adam sinned, then, of course, there was illness, disease, and everything that came in as a result of his sin. Now, okay, people, if, if you're trying to strain that in that, that is true in regards to sin entered in the world and then illness and everything else came. But what Cindy is trying to say is that you don't deal with a person that has mental illness or depression and just say that it's the result of them sinning because that uh, because of them sinning now they have this illness that that's what Cindy is hitting on right. and and yes we know that the whole curse of sin in the land and upon human race overall causes the thorns the thistles the illness and so forth like that but when we as the body of Christ are trying to deal with someone who has a mental disorder we need to remember it's an illness it's not just because of some sinning. Right. All right, Cindy, I'm sorry. I just wanted no, to put that in. I think that's important, Paula. It really is because, again, and I've said this before, my faith is foundational to me. There's nothing more important to me in my life than my relationship with Jesus Christ who saved me from my sin. Yes. And, and, you know, I, I am not in any way suggesting that that is not an important part of this journey. And I shared a little of my own journey. And believe me, my faith and the faith of those close to me has been so important to my own journey. But I also believe that in addition to the faith, the support, the spiritual emphasis that we all need in our life, I still say that when someone has an illness, they need to be treated in, in in a manner that is from a medical perspective, which may involve therapy, medication, something like that. And I do think that it, it's difficult because I think I hear in you the same thing that I hear in myself. We're not in any way minimizing the role of faith in this. Right. Story. We are not minimizing that. But what we are saying. Right. And, and, and nor, nor are you saying by getting medical help or going to the physicians that God is not the great physician, that he can't heal. That's, That's not absolutely. what we're saying. Yes. Absolutely. But what we're speaking to, I think, is that 48% of people in that LifeWay research that believe that mental illness can be conquered through prayer and Bible reading. That's really what Mm -hmm. we're addressing here. So the the great news is that there are very successful treatment options, and those are available for people suffering with depression or anxiety disorder. So I -hmm. think we just we need to get those suffering to seek help, to advocate for them, and to help them know it's okay to get help. You don't have to do this alone. You know, I right. want to share one other thing. Is in the, the other day in, in, the, in our Facebook group on depression in the church, 
one of the members of the group put this up and it says, it's a saying, I think it's great. It says, we live in a world where if you break your arm, everybody runs over to sign your cast. But if you tell people you're depressed, everyone runs the other way. We are so, so, so accepting of any body part breaking down other than our brains. And that's ignorance. It's pure ignorance. And ignorance has created a world that doesn't understand depression, that doesn't understand mental health. Oh, Cindy, that is so true. I think it is. And, and, you know, I think we have a lot of walls to break down in our churches. And honestly, Paula, I applaud people like you and my pastor, Lee Wiggins, over at Calvary Fellowship for starting these conversations in Christian circles, because I think it's the only way we're going to fight the stigma and the myths about depression and mental illness being sin related. We need to we need to love on our friends and family members with depression and help encourage them to get professional help. And thankfully, there is great help available today. Cindy, I I know I've said it over and over, but I want to thank you again for graciously spending this entire month with us and helping us on this topic of depression. I believe that we really do need to discuss it. I praise God for bringing you here and, and allowing us to have this opportunity so that the body of Christ can know, yes, we put our faith and trust in the Lord, but then the Lord has raised up doctors and other means also if he doesn't just speak uh, wellness or full healing over us. There's uh, Jesus sometimes, he, he spat on the ground sometimes, he told a person to go do this or go do that. He didn't heal everyone the same way. Right. And so I just pray that we will listen to these podcasts as the body of Christ and that those that are listening even now will gain clarity hope, and deliverance in regards to this topic of depression. Amen. And, and Cindy, thank you. I've enjoyed our time together, dear friend. I have too, Paula. You know, so thank you again for being here with us. And my sisters, I hope that you'll be here for our next episode. And in the meantime, smile. Jesus loves you. Thank you for listening to Worldwide Wonderful Women. We trust you enjoyed the program. Please take a moment to leave us a good rating and review on iTunes to help us continually encourage others around the globe. We also invite you to go to TWMforJesus.org. That's T-W-M like in Mary, F-O-R-J-E-S-U-S dot O-R-G to download your free gift and see other resources to help you live in divine power. And oh, don't forget to tell your friends. Until next time, be strong and of good courage.